This is chapter 16 of the Science of Breakable Things. November 23, assignment 16, Turkey Day. Mom was in the kitchen when I went downstairs this morning, stiffing flour into a missing bowl. Her hair was washed and she was wearing her favorite sundress, the one with blue stars. Good morning, she said, smiling as if it were any other day, as if she did this all the time. Her voice was almost normal, just slightly blurry. Felt like I was listening to a recording of her with a faint static humming in the background. I ignored the static. Happy Thanksgiving! I chirped and practically skipped up next to her. If she was pretending to be happy, so would I. Here, she set a bag of apples and a peeler in front of me. I'm making the pie. I was about to ask about Dad's pie, but I swallowed the question. I didn't want to spoil the moment. The sight of her and the scent of freshly peeled apples made me want to leap up and wrap her in the biggest hug. But we were pretending this was normal, so I picked up an apple and started peeling. The house rang with silence, but I didn't dare suggest music, so I listened to the song Miss my peeler made. Your father is picking Grandpa up from the airport, she said. She's looking forward to seeing us with, uh, sorry, Grandma. With all that's been happening, I hadn't even thought about my grandmother. She comes to our house every Thanksgiving, and Mom usually worries about her arrival for days in advance. Ever since her own parents died, these visits from her mother-in-law had taken on extra importance. She put her around the, and she'd put her around the house, cleaning and cooking, biting her nails as she went. This year, though, nothing worried her. Nothing seemed to affect her at all. We cooked in silence for a while. How's school? Mom asked finally. She wasn't that type of mother who asked how school was. I normally just told her. Fine, I said. I wasn't the type of kid who said, fine. How's the egg drop? Part of me couldn't believe she remembered. I thought back to our conversation in Dad's office, and it was almost like I'd been talking to a different person entirely. It's going great. My voice came out too loud. Did you try the cereal? Yeah, it was great, I said, without really knowing why I lied. Mom's smile didn't reach her eyes. Recipe for cran apple pie filling. Materials. Five green apples. One cup cranberries. Three-fourths cup white sugar, two and one-half tablespoon butter, one teaspoon cinnamon, one-half teaspoon nutmeg. Procedure. One, preheat over to 375 degrees. Two, peel apples while mom measures. Three, do not put on Bon Jovi. Four, just mix. Mix and pretend everything is as it should be. Dad arrived with my grandmother, who started shedding layers as soon as she stepped into our overheated house. Off with her coat, the scarf, the leather gloves, all piled into Dad's arms. Oh, my big girl, she said, her accent thick, her hair dyed blacker than ever. Look at you growing into a woman. Out of her knockoff Louis Vuitton purse came gifts from Korea, dried squid and colorful erasers and pajamas with dancing cartoon dogs and cats. Thanks, Grandma, I said, accepting the gifts and acting as if that wasn't the most awkward thing to hear. I always tell you, call me Homani, she said as she hugged me, but she didn't really mean that by now. Halmani, the Korean word for grandmother. It was an old habit, our standard greeting. Never in my whole life have I called her Halmani. The first time I remember her saying that, Dad laughed this strange off-center laugh and said, Okay, Grandma. And that was it. She'd raised him on her own, and she said he'd had enough Korean words and food and customs while growing up. He didn't want any more culture in his life, and he'd go and he couldn't go on forever pretending that Korean, that Korean half of him didn't exist. And then my grandmother was talking about her recent trip to Korea and her architect's neighbor and her 42-old boyfriend who insists we call her Uncle, we call Uncle Johnny. 
She splits her time between her family in Korea and Uncle Johnny in California, and by the time she makes her way to Thanksgiving, she always has a treasure trove of tales. The way she was speaking reminded me of the way Mom used to be, even though they aren't related. Bubbling up with laughter and stopping and stru- and Oh, stories, handed, hands dancing in front of her. We got to eating quickly. That's the way of my family. And if my grandmother felt uncomfortable with the white food, she didn't say anything. When I was younger, she would come back and cook Oliver and my Korean favorites, bibimbap, kalbi, manju, but dad would never eat them. He winked at me and said, I've eaten enough of grandma's cooking for a lifetime. I've never thought about it before, how weird that was, how much he says without really saying. All I know is while I, will I eat mom's cran apple pie forever? And by the time that cran apple pie did come around, mom was smiling and eating and asking grandma questions. I could almost forget about this situation. I could almost forget about the quiet nights, quiet mornings, quiet, quiet darkness that had settled around to our house for the past four months. I could almost forget about the dad bumping around the kitchen, navigating pots and pans he rarely used, and me stumbling through the, sci- the science homework she'd always helped me with. Seeing her smile, seeing her eat and smile and laugh, I could almost forget all about that. Almost, but not quite. After dinner, we sat in the living room with Mom and Grandma and me on the couch. Grandma stroked my hair exactly the way Mom used to. Eventually, she made me change into my new pajamas with the dancing cats and dogs, and I put them on for her, even though they were too scratchy and too small. I pooed up, Grandma gasped when she saw me. I pooed up. Korean word for beautiful. When I was little, my grandmother said it to me so many times that I thought it was my Korean name. I told people Ipuda was my Korean name until Dad heard me saying it and told me to stop. Dad stiffened up the Korean language. He always does that. I don't know why. I laid my head on Grandmother's lap and I felt like a little kid again, listening to my family talk around me. At one point, Dad started talking about his work, about his research, and I fell asleep to the sound of his voice. Even as I slipped into sleep, I could feel Mom fading into the background and Dad kept talking. And all the world was backward, but I couldn't quite remember how our family used to be. bed the next morning, dis- disoriented and panicked as if I had a nightmare. When I went downstairs, Dad was in the kitchen taking plates out of the dishwasher and stacking them in their right cabinets, cleaning up and erasing all evidence last night. Grandma was staying at a hotel nearby and we were all supposed to get brun- brunch later, but Mom wasn't around. The bedroom door was shut tight. Good morning, Natalie, Dad said, his voice trying way too hard to be happy. He pointed to the top rack of the dishwasher. Why don't you help, up the, put, help put the glasses away? I walked over to him and started working on the glasses, and we stepped through the kitchen in silence with nothing but the sound of clinking dishwa- dishware. I couldn't wait to see Grandma again because she would fill us with her noise, and she would bring Mom back again. Natalie, Dad said. His voice was still trying too hard. Remember how we agreed on your appointment? I spoke with a therapist I think you'll really like. She's a friend. Okay, I cut him off real quick. I put up two more glasses, but then felt so heavy in my hands all of a sudden, and I set them down on the counter. Too hard. Where's my mom? I asked, because I couldn't hold my question any longer. Dad frowned. Just in the bedroom, but I tried to slide past him. I needed to see her to make sure the happy, smiling mom from last night wasn't just an illusion, but he stopped me. Don't wake her up just yet, she said. 
he said. There was an edge in her voice that I didn't want to think about. She's sleeping. The word sleeping was layered with a thousand different meanings, and I was pretty sure I would never understand half of them, but I knew there was the most important one. Mom had a note in her book, just a paragraph long, called A World in Words. She talks about all those pretty scientific words, all those big terms, and justifies all those footnotes in her books. She says how important it is to understand, to know the meaning of words, because once you know a word, you can own it. It's yours, and it's part of you. I used to leaf through her book, reading only the footnotes, trying to memorize all those big definitions, trying to understand her in, in de decipherable language. But some words are too big to be contained. Some words take on new, unexpected definitions that you can't find in the dictionary. So when Dad said, Mom's sleeping, the words swallowed me whole and spat me back out. Went up to my room and refused to go out for brunch. I read all the footnotes in Mom's book until my mind was filled with only plant words and all my worries stopped pounding in my head.